for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Now let's get back to the show. Coco, you're back, and this time you're an IPF world champion. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) it took a little bit, but we got there. You got your goal. You're now a world champion. Was this the competition you wanted? It was not the competition I wanted, but it it was the competition I had to do, basically. And in the end, that's what matters to me. So I've had times where I started powerlifting and I was like really exciting about numbers and eating stuff and things. And the more I grow, I guess, and the more I care about just getting there, doing what I have to do to get what I want to have. And this time it was like having the title and the overall title. And that's what I had. So it was not the numbers I wanted to eat, but the the hand is quite the same in terms of um like coming into this competition this was a bit of a redemption meet for you mm-hmm. uh you didn't like how south africa went down what was it about south africa do you think that impacted your performance and why didn't you have the day you wanted in south africa mm, so i pro- i approached the competition that, like differently First of all, I was like, as I told you, I was really like about like, so when I went into squat, I was, I have to open this weight and to end up at this weight or it was like, I'll be fifth and that's not what I want to. And I was like really trying to pressure myself to eat numbers that I thought were needed when in the end, like you have to take into account that like each world, everyone has competition, everyone has like rivalry and no one will eat the numbers they really want to eat. So I think I just went into this meet being like, okay, I'll just like put on the bar, like on the third attempt, I put on the bar what I think I can eat to secure the biggest total I can eat, you know? And that's really something I didn't do in South Africa. And also I really managed like the, so because of like the fact that it went on TV and with your Eurosport and things like this, the flight were really short and it was like mm. really, there was like a bit rhythm and we had like basically like seven minutes between attempts. But the things I managed the worst was like, I was opening really high and taking small jumps Whereas all my uh, all the other competitors were really opening less high and taking bigger jumps, so I ended up like always having my uh, opener like on the last of on the last on the flight, but also taking my second by the first of the flight, which meant which meant I had like three to four minutes rest in between my attempt, and that really really changed a lot. So that's also one thing I changed. Yeah, I mean that's adapting to the day is absolutely huge, right? Like, and yeah, if you have a very quick turnaround. And your three, if you want to open heavy, that's where you can get stuck in that, right? Where you're like, no, I need to open at this, like you said, because I'm never going to get to my third if I don't at least open at this. And, but if the turnaround's quick and all three of your squats are heavy, all three of your deads are heavy, you're going to get gassed out by the time your third comes around. Um, it's very difficult. Yeah. And I think there's also like a big psychology thing about like, the first and second attempt first of all you have to convince the judges like uh, do you, you have to like to make them secure about you you know they have to be like okay like i don't even need to watch this guy because i know that, like depth is cool this is cool like i just give basically give white light you know and if you're already like kind of like 
in the middle of yes and no by the first attempt they will kind of watch you way more than they do with the other one and there's like a huge chance that they will call you out for something that they won't call you out uh, if if you were like really clean by the first attempt yeah like if you were 100 if you come out for your opener and it's literally borderline and they're like hmm mm. everyone knows as the weight gets heavier depth might get higher you know like it's just survival people start moving into survival mode how many times do you see somebody have a massive if their second attempt is a fucking grinder um when as a commentator i'm watching and, and if i see them go up a decent amount on their third i it's like i'm pretty sure you know what kind of a grinder that was you're gonna self-perseverance just comes in you once you unrack they just start squatting higher. That's their adapt. You know, they almost like they're avoiding that fight. Not everybody. Um, certainly not guys like Penna, for instance, like he'll, he'll lean into that <laughs> fight each and every time, but some people, they know if it was a dog fight, the second, and they go up in weight, they start mm. avoiding, man. They start going a little higher. And there is not even just depth. Like, for example, in my first item, there was like the, the wrist wrap thing that like, if I open higher, maybe I'll be like distracted because I knew like he wasn't, I like I had them for me and I also had to be distracted by the wrist wrap and and this and this and like for example in my third attempt uh the judge like let me like at least five seconds waiting like for me to keep like an upward position that could have affected me too and like it was it was okay because I put 327.5 but maybe I will have been able to squat 335 but when I put put that and he asked me like to stay like this for 10 seconds then maybe I will just lose it because of that you know mm. so I think there's a lot of things that you know you have to take into account and be like, maybe I was stronger this day, but in the end, that's not really what matters. And that's what I told you when we met up after the squat. Like, I I, I was not in need to put more than the, the the Spanish guy and to like take the world record, even though I could have maybe, but that was not really needed at all. And the only things I could have had from that is like missing it and then being in rush and having to take them buttons on my bench and on my deadlift and I could have maybe not won the overall which was also a goal of mine so I just played it safe and willed my total basically yeah um I think I was saying on the broadcast for a guy like you you're not here to collect like records or whatnot you have a bigger picture um some people show up and they're like hey if I'm close to a record let's go but you had a bigger picture in mind. You know, you had that total, the redemption meet, you wanted to get back on track. And when you were close enough to a record and it's tempting, that's almost the worst case scenario to pull you off a goal. Cause you're like, ah, what's five more keys? What's five more? Well, five more might, four more might be failure. So five more will just tip you over. So instead of staying in the pocket, sometimes the record being close is a bad thing because it's mm -hmm. too tempting. And once you fail, if it's a squat, let's say, then the propensity to fail, the dead, what everything starts going off track. And that's exactly. where sometimes if you go in there, like I'm putting on blinders when it comes to, to records, because you didn't need chips and stuff like that. Strategically speaking, you didn't need all that. So you knew that. So if your end goal was, I just want the biggest total possible redemption for myself, bring my confidence back up. No, I could do this. Um, yeah, man, putting on blinders and be like, we don't care about records today. Let's just, <laughs> this is bigger. That means more to me. Yeah. Well, I, I knew that I was not like, so I was among the best on squat. 
and I knew that I was not the best on bench, but I knew that, that I have like the biggest deadlift, so I could pull what I wanted to. And I'm always pretty confident about my deadlift. So like I I just prefer to have to load up 2.5 or 5 more on deadlift than to do that on squat because I know what I have to put to eat it on deadlift, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas on squat, it will just be a blindness and then being like, okay, if I have 2.5 more on squat, then I have 2.5 less on deadlift, which is true, but it's it's not as sharp. And like whenever you're in the mood, you're in your last or second deadlift and you know you pull for the win, it's different than just putting a numbers you want to eat on squat you know so that's why i basically choose not to so when you came into this um the goal was essentially get the biggest total possible and secure that win mm -hmm. yeah well to be fair i even will have not really care if i ate less than i did at worlds uh two years ago because like by the time my second bench was uh, overturned by, by the jury like i know i knew basically that like I, I couldn't miss 5 kg on what I wanted to eat. So I was like, okay, it's fine. I, I will not be able to eat what I want, like to eat the number I wanted to, and I will just secure the win, basically. So that's why I also put the winning, like the overall winning attempt on my second deadlift, because like I know my grip is, I know that I have no problem with grip, but I know that I cannot all the time like hook free attempts. Sometimes I can, I can only hook two of them. And on the third one, my skin ripped. So I was like, I ate 340, which moved really well. And I was like, okay, I, I just put what I need to to put to win, basically. And then, like, I know, like, the third one is just, if I want to eat something, I'll put it, but I don't really need it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, hitting, so hitting 895, because that's what you got in the Open mm. in 2021, right? Yeah. So was that, so you're saying that wasn't at all the plan to secure what you had previously done, so you're back. And then to possibly tip over more than that, mm -hmm. it was just kind of coincidence. So basically, I watched all the the flights and I knew like what I needed to do to be first overall. So I just watched the 83 and I was like, okay, it's it's simple. It's either I have to eat 897.5 or 895, depending on my body weight. So I woke mm. up in the, in the morning at like 105 or something. And I went down throughout the day because it was like 7 p.m. And I knew I could have just like started to refeed but I just wanted to be like as light as I could be. So I knew that 895 will be enough because I had to be like less than 104.3, I think, or 104.2 to win with 895. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to let myself like basically continue to dehydrate and make sure I'm less than 104.3 so I can pull for 895. And that's why 895. It was not because of it's a, because it was a total that I already did, but basically because it was what I needed to win. Gotcha. So secure that. Uh, and it like with your second and then move from there if it's in the tank mm -hmm. and when you were so when it was all said and done how south africa happened and then now how turkey happened and you know you're back on top you won a world title you won best lifter um you executed much better obviously in turkey you adapted you did all the things that you didn't pro you, you're saying you didn't do in south africa in terms of adaptation to the game day what was the feeling afterwards did you feel like vindicated redemption? Do you still feel like, man, it's not my 100% yet? Well, it's like, it was like an, an entry to me. Like, so basically I took it this way. Like, I know I can do things well. I know I can like do what I have to do. I know I just have to do the same, but better. So I was not really happy about it, but I was happy about the way it came out. Like about the fact that I could execute, as you said, well, and that like, I, I like after the meet I knew I did not I did not win because of luck I knew I won because I executed well because all my squad were like 
like only if, like for example ninth white light on squad was a thing like i that never happened to me and like i knew this was the result of me working for that and not just because like on this meet the ref were okay with judging depth on the for the 105 or things like this no it was just because there was no question about this it was just white lights and that's all and that's the thing i really appreciate it because i know now that if i do the same but i just get stronger then my meets will be much more acceptable you know your depth was like if ever somebody was questioning depth and and sometimes in training you know i don't know if it's just a camera angle or what but he'd be like oh shit that's kind of borderline whatever your depth was undeniable on competition day and everyone knows like ipf standards at worlds for depth is is brutal and your depth, three white lights every single time for all three lifts was freaking you, you, you put it together, man. It uh, was, you know, was you worked really hard on it. Goal, yeah. yeah. I always say like, you only need two white lights, but the fact that you only like all the time have three white light without, without needing to push it, you know, like I was not, I have to go lower. I just squatted always used to squat, which makes you much more confident because you're not like, okay, I put my third, but I have to take in, into account that I also have to squat to death because I only had red light, one red light and two white light. And this time I could have two red light. I was just like, okay, I put this number. I do the same as I did with 320 and it will move and it's fine, you know, which is obviously a big like confidence booster, I, I guess. When you, um, and first off, France had a, a, a great team at these worlds. France has like got a great team all the time now. You guys have completely developed into a powerhouse in powerlifting. And um, it's not just the women's, it's the men's now. You know, for initially first it became the women's now with yourself, obviously Pena, but you got Rico, you got like France has got shooters all over the place. Um, do you feel like the men's side is starting to catch up to the women's? Or is there still work to be done? How are your thoughts on the men's scene with French powerlifting? Um, hmm. So I think there's also one like really like more like scientific thing about the fact that just men takes longer to be stronger. Because if you look at oh like weight classes work, usually you see a lot of stronger lifters that are like younger, but on the like lowest weight class, because it's just easier to put on muscle mass fast because you don't have so much muscle mass to put when you're a woman than when you're a man, because the weight class are just lower. So I think when you're a man, you just need overall more time to be competitive because most of the time the men's are just heavier, which means they have to put on more muscle and this just takes time. So I think that's also why men are taking a bit more time to get into that. And also because like we had like basically big, like really, really strong women at first. And everyone was like, okay, if they do that, why will we, why will we not? And as for men, for us, like we're, we're, we're beginning to be pretty good. But like, for example, Pana being world champion took um, like two more years than for Laya and for example Noemi being really good so I think it's like it's it's like you know the story of the guy being the first one to like I don't know exactly but with running there's a story with a guy like being the first one going under 10 seconds under 100 meter I think and then the next year there's like five people doing it that's a bit of the same people are like okay this is like the highest GL point for real score we ever had so this is like basically top one no one can, can make that else than this guy I know that they see that it's getting broken and broken and broken again they're like okay if this guy can do it, why can we not, you know? And for women, like Laya came, she she trained for one year, she break she break all the records in France, and people were like, okay, if she can do that, why we can't? But it was like three years younger, like before the men started to like kind of go into the same pattern. Okay, first off, a couple of things, but I need to figure this out. Is it Leah or Laya? So in France, we say Leah. Leah. 
That's what, yeah. So we say, okay, Leah good. Because, Cause I say Leah and I'm like, yeah. fuck me. If I had this wrong the entire time and <laughs> no one said good. nothing. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's like, it's like me. So because people call me quarantine, I say quarantine because I want people to understand that I mean me, you know, it's the same. So I say Leah because everyone say Leah, but yeah, in oh, France, okay, it yeah. comes from Priscilla, which is, so we say just Leah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank God. Um, in second, so that, that example you gave was actually the four minute mile. Back in the day, the four-minute mile they thought was the ceiling of human potential. Nobody would break the four-minute mile. And um, and I mean, like, this was, you know, globally, across the world. And, and at one point, like, in the Olympics, whatever, nobody would break the four-minute mile. And then as soon as somebody broke the four-minute mile pace, uh, within a year, the floodgates opened and several people did. Now, in that six months to a year span, did humans actually get faster to your point? No, of course not. Not that many people got that much faster in six months time. It's literally the mental barrier of it's possible. Now it's mm -hmm. possible. Um, so to your yeah. point in terms of in France, yeah, man, once Pena comes through and, and he starts waving the French flag and he's like, we're here now. One, for sure, the men's side would be like, why not us? Why can't we up our game as Definitely. well, just like the women? Definitely. And I think there's also, so I started like uh, being competitive a bit before Pana. And I think it was, a, there was a year when I was a sub junior and I won the open nationals. And it was like kind of the moment where like whole people being in the sport for a while were trying to like, were beginning to talk about this being like not normal. And you know, there was like a wall, like there was two sides of people one people saying i was on drug like it's the first side and your side where people like okay he's young he's beating everyone if he's doing it is i was like 17 or 18 i think they were like if he's doing it at 18 beating everyone why why not me and all the younger people were like okay this guy has done it so we can make it too and i think this really adds up because so in sports you have people like for example me i don't really need someone to do something for me to feel like it's like doable but if someone does it obviously we'll be like okay it has done it so i have to do it but there's people that are a bit like more corner i'll say about their way of thinking and they're not like completely just like okay i want to eat a 400 kg deadlift i'll do it you know some some right. people just need like a bit of like help mentally to be on like to switch switch it and be like okay it's my time now you know and you just need one basically one guy that is a bit fucked up in his head i guess to like do it first and there's then, always like, got to be somebody's <laughs> got to go first man yeah. Uh, so you were 17, eight years old and you beat everybody in the open. I think, yes. The first year I won open nationals was when I was 17. That's insane, dude. <laughs> that is uh, well, insane. Because dude. at that time there was not so much people in France, you know? Yeah. So, so like the, 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 the national record was like, uh, it was high because there was a guy that was not that bad. It was like 845. So it was pretty good like five years ago in the 105. But this, this year, the guy that won the 105 won it with like, 783 i think and i hit 796 this year at uh at wells um okay so i got a question for you in mm -hmm. open worlds the french women missed out on winning the national team title probably because leah didn't compete right if she had competed she the french women would have took the national team title probably by a sizable margin over the u.s that was the swing vote though she didn't compete and an american actually won that division so the a huge swing of team points due to that in the juniors um and and this is an indication a good healthy measuring stick of what is to come in the future for powerlifting is the juniors 
if Team France won and beat Team USA. For the women's, we're going to start with the women's. Mm-hmm. Has Team France, in your mind, surpassed USA in powerlifting right now? For the women, I think by far, to be honest. I think, as you said it, uh, well, you, you can just look at the opens. We have, we won the 40. Uh, we won the 52. We placed second on the 57. If they realize there, there's a huge chance that she wants the 63, which is already like basically like three first place and one podium, which is most of the time enough to win like a team uh, um, team competition. So, and you can see, as you said, with the juniors, we won the. So, if I'm not mistaken, we won the 52. If Tiffany yes, was there, did. she would have probably won the 47 too because she's still a junior. And 57, well, Jade got injured, but she placed second on the in the open. And we have a lot of people coming, and it's like amazing to see how much strong lifter we have coming. So I think you just have to look, as you say, that how healthy our the youngest one are and how stronger and faster they are getting there like for example Camille in the 52 uh she, she she started training one and a half year or something like this ago and she won so it's like it's, it's not even the fact that, that it like um she's not training for a while it's the fact that she's she does it again and it's like she's coming from nowhere and there's other people doing that it's just that they were not uh, like qualified to go to wells but we have so much strong like lifters coming in so i'm i will really be not surprised if we continue to like dominate at least for the women's for next year's coming it's it's crazy because yeah like camille for instance um her first year of powerlifting i think is 2022 competing and is a junior and already hit 405 and 425 is winning silver medal at the open. And she's already, she's hit, like at these worlds, she hit uh, 398 or whatever. I mean, she's securing the win. She's the champion now, but her end, her potential a few months into her powerlifting career already 405. If we talk in the next year, like she's, and- she's podiuming in the open and maybe even pushing Noemi. Like it's crazy. And what's talk, coming up in france right now to talk about that she will she, she's coming to montpellier where i live now to train with all of us so she's coming from training in her like garage basically to going with like a lot of good lifters so i think that will push her even more and i'm really sure she will do great things in in the next years it's it, here's another thing that i'm noticing about france you guys all train together and you will travel great lengths to make sure you're together training at least a couple times a, a week she, well, she she moves she's moving there Yes, relocating so her life see. relocating yeah, her life for powerlifting basically basically and we have to ch- so it's different from us because we have the chance of having like a smaller i mean i don't know if it's a chance but it's the smaller country so if you want to move from a place like to the complete opposite of france it's like let's say 12 hours really at most and it's more so like 10 hours to be honest so it's long but it's not as long as for you guys when if your family is somewhere and you want to move across the country it will take you like a flight that is like 24 hours basically mm. or a 24 hour travel by flight to go there whereas for us for the most of the time you can tr- take a train in five hours you're back to where you live so you can visit your family or do the things that you want to do where you lived before. But I, I remember when I was there for Silent Worker and we were talking, I don't know if it was you was talking to whoever, but when, when like I was talking about the videos, like Panna, Leah, you, like all the French shooters all in the same gym. And somebody was like, you know, I'm like, it's so crazy. You guys live so close and can train together. It's so awesome. And they're like, you know, some of us will travel two hours to get there and two hours back just to train together. In and Paris, I'm like, what? Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, holy, sh-. like, yeah. 
four hours yeah. of travel just so we could train together. Because in Paris, like, so, there's so much traffic that if you're in the southeast and you want to go in the northwest, it, it can, like, on the worst hour, it can take you two and a half hours. So, yes, like, there's a lot of people. I personally don't know if I will do it, to be honest, because I will just get so mad at being for so much time in the traffic. Right. But, like, if I knew it was my only solution, of course I will do it. But I took the opposite way and just chose to move at somewhere where, where I know I have friends. And I kind of created the same thing that we had in Paris, but in another place in France. And now there's a lot of people coming in where we are now, which is pretty much the same. And but yeah, I, th I think when you have no solution, then you have only one solution. It's basically to do it. So the yeah. final solution. Exactly. Isn't that fulfills nickname? <laughs> it is. It is. See my man. <laughs> See how I tied that together, my man. Um, I also, in terms of uh, people relocating to your new new place. Also, your boy, um, Antoine, am I saying his name properly? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's like a French sounding to it, but Antoine, who Brutus, and there's, I've noticed a lot of big social media people in France. And I think, how much do you, like, I have theories that this is going to help. I think most people agree. Social media influencers are massive for converting people over to powerlifting. And in France right now, in terms of like, how is, you know, powerlifting France exploding like it is well first off you got so many stars which breed more stars because people you find out about a sport and when you find out your country men and women are winning in a world champions that's how you find it you start following them and you're like okay i'm in the content they create is in french same language okay i'm in then on top of that um pen is training you know those uh scott and blow who have like millions of people on youtube and then antoine who's got like 2.2 million people on tiktok and this is french content a lot of us have no idea. I'm like, these guys have millions of followers, massive. Like we think like our people in powerlifting right now, like Russell Orhees, Larry Wheels are huge and they are, but there are guys in France whose content is just French. So we don't even intake the content and they are fucking huge. Yeah. And they're, and this is what I'm trying, when I tell people, you don't know how big powerlifting is in France. And you don't realize guys like Coco, Pena, and all them, like their influence. Because when these people with millions and millions of followers are reaching out, they're hooking up with Coco, Pena, Silent Worker, et cetera. And, and if this was happening in the U.S., if someone in the U.S. had 2 million followers and started powerlifting, they hooked up with one of the other Americans, everybody would know about it and be like, holy shit, it's popping. It's on and popping. And when I tell people, you don't, I've been to France. You don't know until you get there. It's not like you think, dog. It is. It, Silent Worker Meet was like a fucking rock concert. It was the wildest, like 150 people jammed into this small place and they were all on their feet cheering. And like, it was the wildest. And they're like it, 45 minutes for Penna after he was done lifting to get out of that place. Cause there's a lineup of people wanting pictures and all the rest of it. And I'm like, you don't know how big these people are and how big the market is starting to get. Um, It'll lead me to Sheffield questions in a second, but uh, I just want to stay in this pocket right here. But one of the individuals, Antoine, is now relocating. This is the mm -hmm. individual on TikTok for anyone listening who's got 2 million followers. The guy is like fucking damn near seven feet, <laughs> a body like Arnold Schwarzenegger and fucking <laughs> he's tall, dark and handsome. So no wonder he's got all the, uh, like, you know, all these followers, but um, strong as fuck. And he mm -hmm. showed up at the juniors. He's coached by Penna, showed up at juniors because he's scouting. And he's like, I, he told me, I am going 100% in 
into powerlifting. This is now my new job as far as I'm concerned, because he can change up his whole life because he works for himself. You know, this is what he does. He's a social media content creator. He's like, I'm going 100%. And this is what's happening in France right now. And he's There's relocating so to live by you. Yeah. So basically it's there's so much like fitness influencer they were like doing like content on whatever social media you can find they were like really into like not really bodybuilding but i'll say fitness and they all are switching to powerlifting it's amazing how much people are switching to powerlifting and you're like just getting interested and i think one of the reasons why powerlifting is not so known or it's not so practiced I, I guess it's because it's not known actually they don't know how it is they don't know what it is they don't know how much what's the difference from body building and i think most of the people that comes from like an athletic background they fall in love much deeply with well, like much deeper with powerlifting that they could be with bodybuilding because there is this athletic thing that you don't really find in bodybuilding there is numbers there is way like like objectives way of knowing if you're better there is like mm. this kind of like per performance thing that you don't really have in bodybuilding and other sports that are like really like like i'll say like strength related and because of like the overall of environment we have in france and we created and everything that is going over and that is like gravitating around powerlifting people are are just looking at this sport and be like this is what i want to do and they are like this is just amazing what we can do with the things that are that that he's powerlifting now, basically. And I think they really get attracted way more by this sport than they could be by any other sport because the structure of this sport is so much better than anyone, uh, any other strength related sport in France for now. It's um yeah, I mean it bodybuilding, I, I appreciate it, but like I don't watch it, but I can appreciate you know everything that goes into it. But it is, it's it's pageantry. You're literally going forward, like the athletic side of it, all of the weightlifting, et cetera, is done in the training. But once you hit the, the stage, you're not doing anything, no athletic feats. It's, it's literally what you look mm -hmm. like. Whereas powerlifting is still an athletic event. It doesn't matter what the shit you look like. Just so happens we got guys bodied up like freaking Penna or Russ. Like even our 66 is like Penna are completely jacked and whatever. So you can have best of both worlds if you like. Um, in terms of those influencers that are coming over now, like there's no doubt for people who are wondering, where are we at with the progress of France? Are we starting to get close to the cap? Are they going to get capped out? And this is where we're going to be. Do you think, no, 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 we're still on the rise because guys like Antoine and them who are the big influencers are just now starting to get a hooks in. And when he, he said he's converting his content into powerlifting content and the more champions that come across, the more people start jumping on board because it turns into a powerlifting nation. Where do you see France in the next two to three years? Well, I'm like directly in it because I'm also influenced by, oh, it's growing. Like it's also giving me opportunities and I can see, oh, it's still continued to like basically rise. And I think it will get much bigger than it is now because if we compare, part of uh to like five years ago i think i think we're just like on the first by like first part of the rise because there's so much new things coming in so much like people like you say Antoine, and people that are just creating new things new things that you can do and i can i can see it also with silent worker because of the way we grow for the first year we on to going to the like the second year we we're like that's amazing and each year is going again again and again and each year i'm like will it go again and i'm trying to convince people obviously because like i'm part of the brand and 
I'm working for that. But each year, I'm, I'm I'm amazed about how it continues to grow, and I think it it, it will not stop. And you can just look at um, the overall like popularity is gaining. By like looking at the big head of policy in France and looking at their following, it's just it just continues to, to to rise, and there's much and like more and more people getting interested in it. So I think by by the time there will be people continuing to like create content and like get bigger, then the sport will not stop to get bigger because we're kind of like a really big sport nation in a way, and we have a lot of people that are doing a lot of different sport. We've always like we're quite of a small country, but we've already all like we've we have always already been competitive in a lot of sports where. This this just show that shows that France is like a sport country, and I think they just people just need to know and understand what it is to get hooked by it. And I think we're we'll get bigger, and we con we will continue to get bigger, and we can just see it every year because it doesn't stop for now. And the thing is too with you guys, like okay, for instance, on the women's side, you guys have like um, Leah Babwas of the world who are going to bring in so many people off the social media. Um, the way she carries herself, like athletically speaking, for her to hold the world record in 63 and 69, for her to be the number one in two different weight classes at the same time is fucking incredible. Like she is a super incredible talent on top of that personality wise, super nice, uh, approachable, et cetera. Like she's exactly what you'd want in terms of an athlete like that. And then appearance, she's a pretty girl who like, breaks down stigmas. If you lift weights, you look like a man and all that BS mm -hmm. from like generations past. She breaks down all the stigmas and is perfect. She would be like, if a girl's online looking, she looks the way you want to look, carries herself the way you want to carry yourself, fearless. Like, you know, all those attributes that you would, when you look up to somebody, she embodies it. Then you got people like Turbo Tiff, who, who, you know, is the feisty best lifter from 2021 upstart. Like you got such a wide spread as well as on the men's now though, you have big, huge guys like you and Nico, but you also have guys like Pena, the spread you guys have in Antoine, the spread that France has Rico, who's, you know, the spread you guys have in terms of um, appealing to the masses you come in what you want. You even have like your 84 plus, you know, is podiuming at worlds or whatnot. Um, so it's, it's a good spread in terms of all that in term, the, I think one of the biggest pieces that will really put France over is obviously in the U S they have big competitions. Their nationals is massive. Now the French nationals is getting better and better. And the quality looks phenomenal and not just the quality of the competition itself, but also the depth of talent is fucking phenomenal. Um, like try to try to go as a 52 and see what happens to you. Wait, <laughs> you're getting roughed up. You don't, you could be over 400 and not hit the podium anymore. Like shit's crazy. Um, but the, the amount of competitions high level, if you could get a world championship in France, fucking dog, what be. would that, what would that do to, to the, the, not only would that competition itself be amazing, but the next couple of years will be the wildest because we know what competitions, we know what big events do for that country. I think I think so. It's always it it always comes down to the same thing. If the biggest people in the picture are nice and are trying to like, like basically take the other smallest people with them and make them grow, you can see how much of an influence it has on like the overall uh, like publicity of the sport. As you said, the fact that uh, we have a lot of 
big head now, big big names that are everywhere and different. Like people can identify to anyone they want, and there's a lot of ch- of choices, which helps definitely people to get into the sport. But I think to come back to the the the, the world thing, it will create so much hype if there was there was a f- uh, world championship in France because we have so much people like supporting us uh, that are in France, but obviously they don't come to worlds because it costs money and sometimes it's when they have their job and things like this. But they will obviously make sure to come there and if you see how much people already come to worlds uh, to the sound poker meet which is not a world event so obviously it's less hype because there's not other names that people are interested by if we will we will make a world event in france there will be probably like 10 times the people that were in the sound poker meet because obviously the place will be bigger too which will help and i've have been on the world stage since 2018 and i've seen room being packed but packed with like 300 people at most and i think the the most i've seen was in calgary because it's like canada and it's quite a like people know about powerlifting there and the biggest stage was like 300 people i think if there was a a, like a world event that france in france they will be like thousands of people coming to see it to be honest uh, listen when as a silent worker people don't understand like uh, you know gavin's been on here and he's that's my boy but he's like yeah it's you know the problem the ipf meets are boring man it's all i'm like dog you don't you haven't been to enough events <laughs> like different federations different nations you go to silent worker it they are it is nuts man like everyone's on their feet yelling and like it was it's the craziest and I, I tell the story about Leah was working one of the stands selling like her pastries and she had like Leah's kitchen. It was so cute. She had like those little, I don't know. It's adorable, but she's got her, like people's moms are working back there and she's got her, uh, you know, chef chef's outfit on or whatever. And then she's watching. And this is what happens in France. She's watching the event happen. She's like, fuck, I, you know, she, she didn't get to lift that world. She's got a sour taste in her mouth. And by the time bench rolls around, she's like, you know what? It's tells everybody, time. tells everybody work in the stand. I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going in there for deadlifts. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're going to keep it a secret. <laughs> so they double around. Tell me when I'm announcing, you're like, when deadlifts comes up, hop on that table and do the old ladies and gentlemen, we have a special announcement. None other than Leo Bavois has joined the battle. And everyone's like, what the fuck? And then <laughs> tear shit. Leah Babel comes out like a surprise and starts smashing deadlifts, and the crowd goes crazy for her because she's the queen. I'm like, long live the queen, and everybody's all like, <laughs> she's back, she's back. Um, but it's it's what they can do in different nations and what's happening in different nations, people don't even fully know. And if you guys do get the world championships, yeah, man, it would be packed in the crowd is a raucous crowd like you guys like support like nobody supports um it's 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 pretty wild you you got people got to experience it and if it happens if it happens within a couple years because we're because you have to put in bids and the next couple are probably i think already you know locked in Mm -hmm. by the time it happens let's say in two to three years time and i'm gonna ask you the same question here does france win men's and women's open to national titles france will definitely want, win women and i think because of the hype it will create like in france and people will push themselves so much that 
we cannot organize one in France without winning it. So I think we will. Arian, what do you think, Playboy? I mean, it's it's hard to predict with the powerlifting, like in three years, what's going to happen. So people could be in different weight classes. There could be new people that are, you know, winning world titles and stuff like that. Um, but I think it, it would be easier for France on the women's side to be able to win, whether it is one, two or three years from now. The men's side, it really depends because, you know, U.S. still has a lot of top lifters there. So I could possibly see it split. U.S. wins the men and France wins the women. Is that the next sporting rivalry in powerlifting or is it already? To both your estimations, is it France U.S. now? It used to be for, it used to be U.S. Russia, but are we past that? Well, I think if you look at the last result of international event, you can clearly see it. Then that's what it has been for most of the time. For women, it's women is clearly that, and for men, it's getting there, which is what women were doing three years ago. So if we're anticipating where it's going, I think for now it's pretty much what it is. Arian, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I think most people like still don't know or care about like the team points and like what nations win. Mm -hmm. People are focusing still on the weight classes like, okay, this person won, this person won, I like this person. So I think maybe there still needs to be more of a push towards it. So like, you know, maybe the IPF has to like, you know, promote also like, you know, how they post who the uh, weight class champions were, maybe post more about who the team champions are. And then people, you know, like you at King of Lifts and stuff like that, promoting it more to where people actually care about that. Like, oh man, you know, France stole the the best the best team or whatever from USA. Now USA has come back next year and winning and stuff like that. So then people will care about more of that team access, uh, uh, the team battles. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. it's USA versus France. But right now I think it's still people just looking at weight classes. Maybe that's what we got to do with King of Lifts. That's <laughs> the maybe. But also, let me say one thing, then you could go ahead, Coco. I think a, there is for sure hype on France. And I, I think I, you're right, Aaron. I think we need to focus a little more on the team aspect because it's fun. But also, I do feel the French, especially on the women's side, French versus America is it's getting heated. You go into the comments, man. People know people like the buzz around France in, in, in some of the Americans, like, ah, like they're used to being number one. And it feels mm -hmm. weird for them. It's used to being, well, if America's not there, who gives a fuck? Well, if France is there, you know, it's pretty, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not like that anymore. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's, it's cool because of all of what is, what is happening with federation wise i think it's good that having not just america ringing definitely helps with like marketing how things are, are are going and i think it's also because america and france are two countries that are like really proud of being who they are you know you know like if you, you talk to like 90 percent of american they are proud of being american and i'm not saying that the other country are not but i think we're like we are extra about it we're really like proud of being in the country we are which definitely brings some heat to the like the team thing like there is some country if, if they have like a lifter that has to pull this number to like win the team of, uh, most of the time gonna happen but win the team and not win their title what will they pull for and i think is there if there is one country that will do it it will be either america or france like will i be able to sacrifice one of my title to pull for the for the team i think i will because i know i know what type of work the other people in the team i've I've put to get there and I know for some people how much it's it's important to, for them to see their country on the fir like first plate of, of the list so that's definitely something that brings some heat there and that helps with like rivalry and looking at the the team point um, you know f first off doubling back for a stitch here 
um, in terms of events. I would like to see more big events in France, uh, possibly like Money Meets Silent Workers doing a great job and they got to continue this. I would absolutely love to see US versus France. Um, if you had some matchups and you brought in some of the big guns, just pick some matchups one-on-ones and you could do team points as well and you'd have to do team points to settle it. But this, you could make some good head-to-head matchups. I think there's an idea about that. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you, but no, I think there's ahead. some. I, I've I've heard the national director talk about doing some kind of like. First of all, he said like Europeans, like for example, uh, team uh, team Spain or team Italy, because team Italy has a really like poor is a poor house too for the for the women, and he wanted to do like a kind of matchup between team Italy, team France, and. In the future, this could happen. If we really bring some heat and there's a reason to do this meet, this could happen like basically a meet where you just put matchups and it's like the two best 52s, the two best 57, and, and, and it, goes, it goes on. And then the, the hand goal of this meet is just to win the team title, you know? This could be a thing. Dude, it'd be, it would, it would check both boxes in terms of head-to-head matchups as well as national pride, which is like, you know, it'd be, that's, those are two rivalries. Like you, you have all the individual rivalries and then the overall rivalry as well. Or you could do Europe versus North America. So you could add Canada. So you got people like Jess Bittner, et cetera. And then against all and all of America versus uh, against Europe, which would be pretty cool as well. And, and Mexico, they're, they're, they don't have superstars yet, but they're come, on the come up. We've seen Team Mexico at the Junior Worlds, which is nice because it's a, it's a long trip. And that's, it's exciting to see certain nations start making those long trips at the world level to, you know, hopefully push forward and be in the open in a few years, be competitive. But these are, those are some good ideas. Now, I also wanted to ask you, um, looking at the, the previously Nico had moved up to 120, right? He hit an 890 total and he's a very small 120. Mm-hmm. If Nico comes back down, now you guys are within five kilo of each other, which is pretty much nothing. That's a bench press attempt. Is this now going to be, are we going to see, because previously it was, it was, you know, you had defeated Nico several times, several times over like your entire career. Is Nico coming back? Is this going to happen at, you know, the next French nationals or Europeans or something? Do you know what's going on there? Well, we're really good friends and we obviously like kind of talked about it. And he knows what's like what's on my mind for that. Like I'm always hoping for a fight, and if he wins it, then he wins it. And if I win it, I win it. So I think we will not match up internationally in the same weight class because, like, I will not mind doing it, but I think it's not just wise in terms of like titles and team team points once again. So internationally, there's a really less chance that it will happen but it's possible that nationals we do it because we've done it for the last years uh not this year because i was like i had COVID for nationals but the year before we both competed in the 105 and we basically set the rules before it we talked together and we said the one who wins decide which way class is going and i think it will just continues to go to go like this in the next year so we'll probably both compete in the 105 and the one who wins decide where, where it goes that's fair enough man that's that's actually that's about as fair as it gets um do you know if Nico's planning on going 120 though and filling out? Cause he's got another 10 kilo to fill. Mm, so I've not really talked about that exactly with him, but I think because he has kind of like trouble to get help in weight, I think his choice will be to try and stay in the 105. That's my way of thinking. Then I'm not sure about what he's doing and always life is going to go 
because it's also is also going to be a dad soon. So there's a lot of things coming. So it will just really depends on him and the choices he make. Maybe in as I said, if if he wants to come to the one five and compete, then obviously I'm I'm down for it because like I will never I will never run away from a challenge. What are your thoughts on the Euro Classic? We got a lot of French shooters going there. It's the redemption story for a lot of Team France. Um, the biggest of big guns here, Leah Bavois wants redemption from what happened at Worlds. Uh, Pena wants redemption from what happened at Worlds. Um, what are what are we looking at here? Because you obviously will have a little bit more of an inside track. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I don't uh, I don't talk so much anymore with Laya because we like I moved and we both have our things to do and and everything. And I don't also know what she's doing much in training because she she's no longer with Pana, which obviously makes it makes her a bit like further away from me because I'm really close to Pana. So I don't really know what she's worth now, but I know who she is and who she's mentally and I know what she's capable of. And she seems like to be in a good mood overall. She was also ready at well. She just like didn't had like, she it was just about the way in and her being sick, sick which was really like dumb and not really something that shows up how strong she was. But I know she, she will always be ready. She knows how to do it. She's been competing for a while. So I think she will just deliver what people are waiting for her from her. And I know personally, Pana, I know the mood he's been for the last month. I know his training is going. So I think you just you just need to know the guy to know that he will put up he will put up a show. And I don't need to say much more to to make him who he is, you know. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Does he break the world record at Arnold UK? He better be. <laughs> because um i've been told that his goals are to s- go right past the world record and he's talking 727 which is insane now if he shoots for 730 and ends up with seven you know 10.5 or whatever to beat the world record then then there it is but um do, in your estimation do you think Pena makes a statement and gets that sheffield invite is that his goal do you think or have you talked about this I think Pana is the same mood as I was for this meet. He knows what he has to do, and that's what he's coming for. He doesn't need to total the biggest total he he like he wants to. He just needs to total what he thinks will bring him where he wants to be, which is Sheffield and having the world record. So he will be smart about it, and he will just lift what he has to do. And this will be more than enough to make a statement for me. All right, so let's talk about this. Sheffield, we got... Five men, four women can go. What five men would you like to see? Just as a fan, if you have, mm-hmm. you got five picks, um, and I could tell you who's going already to refresh your memory uh, to help you out here one sec here, sir. So on well, the men's side, we have, and, and actually maybe I can, well, I'll just read them off. I think if, I pretty much know. You, I'll say for the viewers anyway, or uh, okay. listeners as well, though. So on the men's side, we have Eddie Berglund, Taylor mm-hmm. Atwood, Delaney Wallace, Chance Mitchell, Emil Norling, um, Kyoto Yoshiyama, and Amar Kanan, who, who already got their placings. Um, Amar, due to region, and he, and he qualified due to region. Uh, Kyoto in the 66s, also due to region. And obviously, Emil Norling winning the 105s, Chance winning 93s, Delaney 83s, Taylor 74s, Eddie Bergen 66s. So having said that, we got... 266 is already, uh, you know, we, we got some doubles up already. We're, who gets those five spots to get the best well, match? 
Well, I think it will not be it will not just be about being the best lifter, but as we said it, they want rivalry, so they want matchups, they, they want that, they want people to be hyped about it. So there is some clear choices because we have like three stars. So I think in the 74, it's a bit hard to make a rivalry like for like Taylor, Taylor being who he is, it's a bit hard to get one. So there is there is a chance that there is no other 74 going coming there because I don't think there will be a rivalry anyway. Uh, but then on the 83 side, there is a lot of 83s that could match with Delaney and like deliver something. So it will just comes down to at the end of the like the qualification, which I don't know the exact date, but who has the bigger toll like in an official meet as an 83, and this will probably be the second people being picked up um as for 93 same thing like there was enough of a fight at worlds to know that there is a lot of 93 that can come there and like also make a show so in my head i think i think well emil uh christoph was this was placed second uh at world and keiko placed 35 remember well um emil was kind of like the rising star no one really accepted him where he was so so he kind of deserved to be there because of what he made, like he put up at Weld. But I think Keiko has this kind of thing that like he was the one for a long time. And it's kind of like, you know, like McGregor in UFC, like getting back there. It's so hype because he won't like there's this things like you just it was the king and he, he has to get his throne back. So this could be a thing as we choose because. I think he also he also is disappointed about what happened and he kind of like wants to to get back what he had. So this could be a thing in 93. So it's between one of them. And as for the 66, well, do I do I need to tell you who I want to be there? I think, you you I think it's you, quite easy to know. You are Joe Jordan. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> I mean, I don't have anything against you. Erie, but... clip that. Please, uh, that's the that's the video we're putting out. Make sure you tag Penna and the French Federation. But I, I I know who I want to be there, and once again, it will just depends on what Pana is able to deliver at at Arnold, basically. So, if he puts up something that make, gets him there, and I think he will, then he will get there, which makes up for like eighty three one person, ninety three one person, so uh, 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 sixty six one person. So there's two left. There's one of five. Well, one sec, one sec. I just I need to clear. You need to like kind of. Sorry, sorry. Uh, you, you, you. Sometimes you cut out, so I thought you were done talking. Okay. But uh, sorry, I just want to clear up one thing. For the ninety threes, did you take Krastev or did you take Kaiko? <laughs> I think it really one. depends on the choice. If it, like, okay. if I had to choose, I would take Krastev because he, he plays second, so he deserved to go there. But there's also this kind of hype thing with Keiko that getting his throne back so i will not choose in the end but if, if, if it was me like being just a sportsman i will choose krista because he deserves it based on what he did at world here's the counter argument would be like keiko has won the world title was number one for rank 93 for two yeah, three years and yeah. um and he came in third because he was trying to position himself pulling for to put mm -hmm. himself into a gold medal he wasn't pulling for silver he's pulling for gold so I know. You know, that, that's where you can make it. That's, that's exactly what I say. But in the right. end, he plays third. And that's that's what matters because that's the numbers. People, as we say, the one that gets there is the world champion. So the second one that should, the second one that should get there is the second one at Worlds, you know? Not necessarily. So, so the one that gets there is world champion. But that extra part you put in there, they didn't say the second one's number two. Yeah. They that, did not. You know, that's why I, I will, I, I'll say, like, they will choose in the end based yeah. on what they want the meet to be like. Yeah. But if... 
if I was the one choosing, I will choose Kristaps because if there's someone that deserves it based on what he shows up at World and the placement he made, and even more knowing that no one accepted him here, I think he really deserved to be like recognized like by what he did at World because it was really an amazing show that he put up. So fair enough. Just fair enough. Okay, so we got um, one, two, three. You got two two more wild cards dish yeah. out. Uh, I think you, if you want really like uh, like a show, you have to invite someone that lifts heavy. So there's Rezus basically because he's the one dominating in the 120. So okay. if if it doesn't go there, I don't see why because he will be the one just putting on putting in a show. Uh, if you wanted to say something, yeah, Aaron, are you uh, you all right, sir? The audio cut out for me. Is it fine for you, Ryan? Yeah. It's fine for me. Every now and then Coco's uh okay. legs. Every now and then it pauses oh. and lags. But um Okay. But yeah, yeah I so got you. So Jesus. I've stayed Rezus definitely because if you want to show, you have to just bring him in. And then there is obviously a, a last one left. It's either for the one of five or the one twenties. I think it will be a one of five because of like how closer the matchups are in the one of five than in the one twenties and or we interesting they are so there is one that seems obvious to me and it could be anatoly no he didn't compete in this year obviously not his fault but will has really take that in account do they want really something that is really high because there was a matchup already this year it will be really depending on them choosing what they want so i think anatoly should be should be getting there if we just want like to be to have stars but once again will there be a matchup if he gets there i'm not sure so there could be also an argument that they want to bring someone that is close to what norling did and having kind of the same total so based on all things i've been now mikey davis which is a, 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 which plays second in the 105 is the one that is supposed to get there obviously i've said that i want to get there but from from what I've I've uh, showed at World, I'm obviously I don't deserve to be there for now. So I will not say me, even though I want to go there. But it will just depend once again about how things are going until the end of the year and what one of ours are totaling and when is the date like the last date of qualification to or to have the white card to to go to Sheffield. Here's the thing: if you can get Anatoly, and the the, the problem with Anatoly they don't know if they give that wild card, if it's just going to be an unfulfilled wild card because Anatoly can't seem to get out of Ukraine. He had to pull out of Arnold UK. Um, you know, so they would, you'd hate to give away a wild card. And then mm -hmm. if you do like months of promotional with Anatoly, hoping he can get out and then he pulls out three weeks out, like he did for Arnold UK, like he did for worlds, et cetera. Then it's like, we just did three months of advertising for nothing to switch. Like I, I think they need more. I don't think they can, but I think to your point, Anatoly would be, I mean, he's an obvious pick because he's 2021 world's best lifter. He has unfinished business with Emil. This is what, this is the thing. Emil, he won 2021 worlds and then went to Europeans and Emil beat him in a head to head matchup. And then he didn't make it to worlds and Emil then took his title. Now, if you were to bring in Anatoly and it's the return of the King and you can really heavily hype that and then say, we have unfinished business. This has turned into a rivalry because Emil beat him head to head it's and true. then took his title when he was gone. Now you're like, we got to sort this out. And the only way to sort it out is to hit the platform. And the, you could sell that. You could sell that as a rivalry. We'd see what happened. But um, right. 
if not him, yeah, Michael Davis for sure would be a, mm-hmm. a, a great clash as well. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the women's. You got four, <laughs> four women playboy. Let me say for the viewers, you probably already know. I'll just say for the viewers who's already going. Um, Turbo Tiff, Tiffany Chapon won, won the world's Noemi Oliver, uh, Joy Namani, Chandler Babb, and uh, Jessica Bittner, Amanda Lawrence, Bonica Brown. They all won the world ch- titles and uh, within 95% of the total. And then Evie Corrigan, due to region, will also be in the 57s, which leaves us with four open spots. Now, I mm-hmm. think I'm pretty darn sure one of those people are going to be. It's like the yeah. banana. Right, but let's do this. Let's. Yeah. There is one that we'll keep for the end because, as you said, we're pretty damn sure. But I will say that the answer is three left. Um, so once again, forty-seven. There could be one because there was like a big hype around the matchup with like um, um, Tiffany and yeah. and Hedrick Connor. Sorry, yeah. So this kind of seems obvious to me because once again it's kind of the same uh, situation as as uh, Keiko she was reigning in the 47 for a long time and Tiffany arrived she took her, her title so it could be a rematch and it could be something that is that brings a lot of hype obviously around it so that will be one um then in the 52s uh if we want to bring a matchup it will be two french I think because like you could you could bring you could bring um Shizuka for example so this could be a thing I'm not sure if there will be a 52 I personally think there will be a 57 for sure uh like who's that well just the the one that placed second at world <laughs> yeah, right that's I know, what we like... said before <laughs> yeah yeah um, so if she can get if she can get in good shape and show show it um before the wildcards are given then i think she can get a spot there because it was close and if it it could have been completely different in like nothing so i think if someone has to come in the 57 that's her and then uh that's left us with two right uh yeah so one of them is um six uh 63 you who's, who's going in the 63s for now so okay one sec so i just want to clear up you decided you want Heather Connor, you yeah. want Jad Jack up. Yep. And you said so, and you're not gonna bring Shizuka. I I'm not sure. I'm not sure because uh even if you bring Shizuka, it's like French against French, which is not something that will really bring a lot of heat. You know what I mean? It's like they've all they've been competing together like against each other for a while and it's not like the most hyped matchup and also right. shizuka is not someone that hypes it really much because she's not really on the socials and she doesn't she, does, she doesn't seems like she really cares about competing against her like she's competing for her which right. i think is not something that helps if you want to bring some hype and rivalry because you have to kind of like go against in a way you don't have to be mean but you have to like bring something to get to that to go like give to the table to so he it just spices thing up you know yeah yeah so I'll, okay. i think no okay so then in the 63s uh i mean megan scanlon won but if leah Leah's going to be one of your wild cards let's just get that out the way so leah's yeah. if leah's coming you have one more wild card you can't really bring anybody to be a rival of Leah, athletically speaking, if we're honest. Mm-hmm. Not in the 63s. Yeah. Maybe, though, if Leah goes 69 There's and you have Chandler and you bring in like a Marta Jenner or something like that, 
I still think Lee is going to be a favorite. Um, I mean, she is. She's mm-hmm. the 63 kilo world record holder and all of Sheffield is about breaking the world record. I mean, that's her. Mm-hmm. Whether or not she goes 69 or not, those ladies are competing against Leah Babois because it's her record they have to break. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lee is everywhere. That's yeah. that's what happens when you're as big as Leah. You're a monster in this. <laughs> that's what you, a simple choice. But, but what do you do? Do you... Um, so Lee is coming for sure, but who do you bring in in terms of a battle there? What about Corolla Gara? Yeah, oh, exactly. You you have Corolla Gara. Oh, you're right. You have Corolla Gara. Exactly. And also, we have to talk about in the 76s, you don't have Agatha yet, and you can't exactly. pass up that's, Agatha Jess. That's what I wanted to say. You have to have one for Agatha for sure, because it was basically the most hype matchup at World, for me at least. From what I've seen, from how the, the room like was where they compete together. I think if there's one matchup that you need to remember from like South Africa, it's both of them. It's Jessica and Agatha. So I think Agatha has to go there. So you would say Agatha over Corolla over here's because we will get Corolla Gara versus Leah at Arnold UK. All right. I forgot. So that will just kind of like pretty much sell things up. Like I think unless what if Gara wins? Or Unless UK. they go different weight classes as well, we don't know what they're going to weigh in at. It's yeah, so, well, yeah. Well, if if Carola's win, then for me it's simple. She has to go there. I mean, I I love I love Laya, and that's also why I'm saying that because I'm pretty confident in the fact she will win, so she will get there. But if she loses, then the normal the normal pick is to choose Carola. Or, or the you rematch from that Sheffield. If it's a good battle, if Arnold yeah. UK is right down to the last deadlift and it's like Jess versus Agatha and everyone, or, or um, Jad versus Joy, like Jad versus Joy have to rematch because it was uh-huh. amazing. Um, exactly. Jess versus Agatha has to rematch because it was True. amazing. Look, those exactly. were amazing. It's easy to sell the rematches because they were so good. Mm-hmm. If, if Corolla and Leah both have an amazing clash at Arnold UK, Maybe then you have to pick someone out. Yeah, I think if someone has to go out, that's probably Ezer because it was a hype matchup, but like Tiffany won by a large margin, like it was not close. Whereas in the other weight classes, it it was more than close, it it was like basically the last pool that decided who won. When when Tiffany just did their their first deadlift, and it was pretty much done, you know. So if there is someone that has to go out, it will, for me at least, it will be Ezer. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, with all due respect, it was heavily hyped. I would like to have Heather there, but in terms of like matchups, her matchup, there's a spread, but um, in like, for instance, Jad Jack up Joy, it was 0.5 kilo. And, uh, and there's controversy with the squats with joy. There was controversy. Mm-hmm. We need to, we need to sort that out. Like mm-hmm. whenever there's controversy and some people would be like, you know what? I kind of think that should have went to Jack J- up because of, you know, you got to sort it out. That's, it's perfect. That's, that's it exactly actually, what Sheffield is for. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, that's what those matchups, that's what Sheffield is like, you know, let's sort this out. And, and it was a good battle. Same with Agatha, Jess, you have to, you, you, you know, you, it's crazy to even think of anything other than, um so when it's that close so we'll have to see how it all pans out um i'm very interested though we're gonna have these wild cards being announced another thing i want to ask you about um everybody's talking about the bench rules the bench rules the bench rules the bench rules man it's popping what are your thoughts on this well i'm an athlete i don't make the rules i just break them (laughs) 
go with them. <laughs> I, I try to break them, yeah. but I right. mostly go with them. So if the rules are changing, then I just adapt and that's all everyone should be. Like, it, there's no discussion. You don't choose what are the rules. They are what they are. And they change and if they change and you just adapt. Like, I, I see a lot of like things going on, like it's bullshit, blah, blah, blah. It is, it is, that's the thing. And if they're changed, it's for a reason i think and we all know it's been like a sensible subject i i don't really care about the the overall debate like if it's a good choice or not it's been a sensible subject it's been it, it has created a lot of hate around people doing it and around people watching doing it and the people thinking because they bench 100 kg in high school they are pro and they can like debate on if the powerlifting should continue to go like this or not they made a choice. The choice is what it is. And we just have basically to go with it. And I think there's a lot of people like argue, like saying like, you have to, you make the role of like the referees harder and which is true. And I'm also a referee. So I'm talking from that side. It is true. But watching if your elbow is at depth, won't take you five seconds. And you won't make the poses being five count poses. That's just bullshit. Like anyway, what you have to do is just give the press. If the People like if the the lifter is at depth or not, you give the press. So you just look and you just see if it's depth or not. You give the press, and then at the end you just give a red or a white. So I think this these things of saying or of saying like IPF poses are already hard and it will be even harder than if it's harder. And first of all, it's not really much of a problem because the IPF is kind of marketed about being like the strict more like the stricter federation anyway so is that really a bad thing i don't know but i think there's one thing that needs to be sorted out is like the records they need to kind of like be reset or there, there needs to be something about this because if you keep them legitimate it means that you're just putting an handicap on the people not being able to do it like this because if you see the the records in the 66 it's Berlin, which is not too deaf now if you see the record uh, in the 74 i don't know who it is but it's probably someone that is not too deaf and uh 83 83 i think like is there's owen a lot Hubbard. of big head i think it's, it's, it's owen i think he, yeah he had the 74 for a moment too right yeah owen and brett tossed around that bench record brett's for sure would stand mm -hmm. but um yeah but anyway but if you look at most of the matchups there's a lot of people that have the records and especially in bench only that's basically all of people right. are arching a lot that i have the records and if you want to to make that choice being smart and just being like Like resonate, like being done for a reason, I guess. You have to reset the record because there's records that cannot be touched by like for a while if they're not reset. And the goal of a record is first to just give someone a goal and to like, as you say, the hype things and be like, okay, this is what I have to eat to be the best and and so on. But if you can't compare the people doing what they do now with what they did before, then they cannot stand as the same name and being the same records. It, the ninety-nine percent of people aren't going to be affected by this, and a guy like Eddie who might be, it's going to be marginal. It's not going to be like, oh my god. I, I don't know about I don't know about marginal because you know losing well, twenty kilos, he could sure. still lose a world championship on that. One hundred percent. But in terms of like, he's still in the hunt. He's still one of the best in the world. And um, if yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if it'll be but, twenty kilos. Maybe but, maybe it is. But in terms of how many people it impact, it's not going to be that many. And he's still well, in the hunt. Well, still. The other thing I was going to really quickly add to is like, this is the rule going into place now, January 1st, 2023. Exactly. That doesn't mean they can't adjust that. Maybe now exactly. they start at your elbows parallel. Maybe then they see you have to go below parallel and they adjust it and cut out mm -hmm. more of those arches over time. 
Could be. Yeah, yeah. They just have to see how people adapt to it and what people will change in their technique to like be to the standards and then they'll they'll see what they do. But yeah, and I think to be fair, like there is changes in a lot of sport. And if you like you look at most of the big sports, they may change based on like being able to go like not mainstream, but to be able to be watchable and things like this. And whatever you you kind of market the choice about, like if it's for marketing or anything, it doesn't change much in the end. Like if you're not impacted, then you're not impacted. But if some people are, then they will just adapt to it. And if you're among the best lifter in the world, this will not change much to who you are and where you will be. It's um to, to your point, sports make rule changes for entertainment value all the time. Um, you know, the major sports too, the big ones, the big boys, whether it's like basketball, hockey, whatever, these kind of things come into play. And it's almost every time, uh, like whether it's safety or more often than not entertainment and value. And it's, you know, what, even in the combat kind of sports, the same. yeah, you want action. And that's why in combat sports, they have stalling where the exactly. ref will break, break the action. If you're just stalling against the fence or whatever, it's, kind of the same. it's all about action. Safe, yeah. And safety is just bringing more people into the sport because if, if I don't know, a kid wants to like do combat sport and her, like the mother sees a guy getting demolished in the ring, then be like, no, you won't do it. But then if if someone sees that it's safer and things like this, then there will just be more people getting into the sport, which means more money, which means more entertainment, because then there's more people, so more rivalry, and then it just go on, go on. So for yeah, for us in the uh, in the U.S., Major League Baseball just changed like three or four rules, something like that as well. And of course people are like complaining about that. I don't watch baseball as much, but one of the big ones they did was uh, put like pitchers on a clock to try and shorten the games because the games are getting so long. And so then you're less likely people to like sit around and watch and stuff like that. So they're making changes too, to like try and make the game go faster, be a little bit more exciting, maybe be a little bit more offensive and stuff like that. So it's interesting, like some people are complaining about that right now, but we'll see in a number of years, like as people get used to those new rules, then they'll be fine with it. So like, then it's not a big issue. Dog, here's here, here it is. Just like you said, Arian, in five years, people will look back and be like, I can't believe we used to have games that would be like however many hours long. Oh my God, can you imagine? You, you know, you have to literally take up your whole afternoon to watch a game. And they're because you get used to these new rules and new people who are in powerlifting right now are going to be like, Holy shit, how could you change? How could you put these rules? Oh my God. But new people who enter, in five, like in in couple of years time, when people walk into powerlifting and they're like, "Hey, there are two federations. Which one do you want to go in?" You know all the aggressive arches you see online, and you get upset. Whatever. Do you want to go in the federation that allows that and and to be competitive in the bench press event? You know what you have to do: an incredible mobility and setup, etc. Or do you want to go into this other one that has rules that mitigate the arch? Nine people out of ten that enter into powerlifting right now are going to choose, I'll go in the Federation with less aggressive arches. You know it. You already know. We all know this. There's nobody who's going to tell me how not that it's the opposite. No one can tell me nine out of 10 people will enter powerlifting today and say, you know what? I'm going to enter a strength sport, but I'm going to choose the Federation with aggressive arches, aggressive mobility, aggressive setup. That actually appeals to me more as a wannabe strength athlete. There's no way. There, there, everyone's going to go towards the Federation that has um, regulations on that. And not aggressive, crazy regulations, but when you're entering into the sport, you know this. Um, it, it's the only people who are 
going to be pushed back against it are the people already in the sport right now who have aggressive arches or who are whatever you have opinions because you're in the sport. But mm-hmm. if you look to the future and you're thinking, okay, we're on Eurosport, millions of people watching the things blowing up every year, more and more people. And if you're thinking about grabbing the talent pool from here on out in the future, this is probably the play to make is start addressing mm-hmm. certain things like that. To me, it, it kind of looks like the dev, like, from what I've seen, I think death was really less strict five years ago than it is now. And like when you look at people talking about death on squat, they are like, this will have passed. But no, like if you, if you look at the standards now, that's like what people are accepting. And like, for example, there was like a lot of controversy like around the Ray Williams squad being accepted where they all looked high and everything. And now you can see what happened to Rezus this year. He's quite, like everyone was saying on the socials, he's quite really deep for, for an heavyweight. And he kind of like, he, he had trouble at world. So now except now everyone accepts that depth it's this. And they're like, that's normal that it doesn't get depth. Whereas at first when the Ray Williams was like called out for depth, they were like, that's bullshit. He's quite legit. You cannot see it, blah, blah, blah. So you can just see this like in three years because I think the last like when he did like at the Arnold like, 890 something, it was like 2018, I think, right? Or 19. So it was like three years ago. And now people are already in the other part of it were saying that this is not normal that it happened and that people gave him, you know. So yes, I think it really it really goes fast and you adapt really fast to the changes that are made. We'll see what happens. Um, I mean it'll it'll be interesting. Only time will tell. Erin, you got any questions, Playboy? That you want to throw out there that I was uh, when I was blabbing on. Okay, listen, no, my no, man. Um, what is what is your future? Before we let you go, what is your next competition? What are we gonna? What can we expect from Coco Clement? Well, my next competition is Euro, and there's a big matchup at Euro, so I will just go with the same mentality as this. I dismissed. I dismissed. Sorry, I will go there and total as much as I can and place the place I want to be at. Obviously, I want to win. I will see if it's possible. And if I can, then I will make everything I can to be on, on the first place. Is is Emil going to, is Emil announced that he's going to be at Euros? I haven't even seen like, you know, He told monsters. me, we talked, we talked and he said he will be there at Euros. Dog, when you got the reigning world champion, um, that's a big one. You know, when the reigning world champion shows up, that's a big one. And who knows? If he can get out of Ukraine by then, if Emil and Anatolia are there, it will be even better. That's about as good. That's about as good as you get. Oh, the only you know you're missing a couple of people. Obviously, you would have liked Michael Davis there, but that's top of the food chain type yeah. of competition for you at the 105. So Euros is going to be big. Um, well, look at man. And there's also Mo coming. That is. Really oh yeah, no, oh yeah, Mo, who's who's going to be competing at Arnold UK, mm-hmm. and um, the drums are beating for Mo. There's some hype going on right now. Let's see what happens at Arnold UK. But um, yeah, man, there's a we'll see. That'll be like a little bit of a preview for everybody because Mo's really coming into his own lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see. 105s is heating up. But uh, a bit. I'll be excited. Keep in contact, my friend. You know, obviously, good luck in training. Congratulations on winning the junior world title. And the encore presentation at Euros is going to be fantastic. We'll have to do a podcast either leading up to or afterwards or somewhere around there. We'll mm-hmm. keep in touch, my man. Is there anybody you want to thank before we let you go, sir? Well, thank you for inviting me and you guys for like hearing me. And as I said on on the on the at the comp, thanks for like everyone that is supporting me that like trusted me and the one that got me there and they stayed with me, especially my friends that were there and that just helped me like enjoy the the travel and everything. All right, my man. 
Thanks for coming on. We keep in contact. Um, for everybody listening, wherever you're listening, subscribe so you don't miss any of these episodes. Uh, make sure you give us high ratings. We appreciate it. It helps us out. And six-pack lap of that. Until next time, six up and we are out.